All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The first selection of the National Hockey League Draft belongs to... The Daily Faceoff Podcast comes to you courtesy of the Nation Network. The first overall pick in the 2015 NHL Draft. Gretzky had it, lost it, Eisenman picks it up. Eisenman holding, blue line, chance, stop! Daily Face-Off. The Daily Face-Off. The Daily Face-Off podcast with your host, Brock Seguin. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Season 4, Episode 11 of the Daily Face-Off podcast. I'm your host, Brock Seguin, and with me, as always, is Dylan D. Berthiam. How's it going, D? Got a case of the giggles there, Brock? <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. And Michael Beeves Bonnie. How's it going, Beeves? Starting with the giggles. That's good. It's yeah. better than pissed off, Brock. So. It's, uh, yeah, well, you know, we got about an hour here before I get angry. Just and uh, I know annoying and scary, <laughs> <laughs> just gets a little too fired up sometimes. <laughs> yeah, it happens, and you know, it brings good content. So, but I'm yep. good. I'm great. No complaints. Before we get into it, we might as well extend a congratulations to Michael Beebs Bondi for Woo. winning our DraftKings contest last Tuesday. Woo. Snaps all around. Uh, we will obviously again be doing it. Going uh, streaking, boys. Week two. We're gonna we're gonna do <laughs> start it up again tomorrow. Every Tuesday, we'll be running a five dollar contest on DraftKings. Uh, right now, it's only about twenty five people per contest. But I mean, if more of you start showing uh, that you want to play it, then get on in. Um, honestly, it's a pretty good contest to learn if you haven't played uh, DraftKings before, just because there are a couple of 
a newbies out there, and there's a couple of not so newbies, yeah. some some real veterans yeah. out there. But the it pays out pretty decent for a five dollar contest. So I mean, if you want to learn and maybe get some get lucky and get yeah. some cash on the uh, thing, like like Beebs did last say, week. If it makes people feel better, my average finish position is twelfth right now because I got second last in the very first one. Yeah. So twenty four out of twenty five, and then I got first. <laughs> yeah. So I'm technically not doing that great. No, but hey, all you need is one win. Forget. So yeah, exactly. You only lost like five dollars the first time and won like fifty two. I got, I got like so. six more rounds of uh, freebies. Yeah, so you're plus like $47 right now. I had a friend message me. He's like, oh, I couldn't get in the contest. He's all sad. And then like at like 10 o'clock, I messaged him like probably for the best. I <laughs> sent him what I had. Um, but yeah, yeah so I've had some good, good nights on DraftKings, but for whatever for whatever reason, those Tuesday uh, podcast contests, I've just been absolute dog shit. Yeah, uh, just can't so take the heat, I, so you get out of the kitchen. I got it. But I think that gives us all one victory that is, uh, at some point during those contests, right? Because I remember I won a couple... Yeah. A few years ago, I think you won last year once, and now Beebs has got his first W on I might have won so one before. You might, yeah, it might be number two for you. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I did, because that thing held me for a while, because <laughs> I don't play much, and yeah. I just maintained yeah, that bankroll for you. It held me for the year, like, a couple years ago. But uh, Beebs, since you are the reigning champ, we might as well start the DFO Podcast Stars of the Week with you. So uh, coming off of a hot week, uh, who is your Beebs Star of the Week? Braden Point, out in Tampa. He's my star this week. Led led everyone in points last in the last seven days with two goals and six assists for eight uh, total. But he did that well, averaging 16 minutes of ice time throughout that period. Not like that should really make any difference in how I choose my stars, but it's pretty damn impressive. Um, but Grandy is playing on a pretty sick line. It's also plus five with ten shots. Um, dominated all categories for anyone this week. Was a stud across the board. Love Braden Point, and I don't think he really is getting the respect he should. He's 85% owned. Get that fifteen percent up, guys. This guy's a stud. So, yeah, we—he's my uh, my second week star for us. Yeah. I'm gonna—we're gonna talk about him a little bit later uh, in the show, so we won't add uh, yeah. too much on that. So, uh, without further ado, Dylan, your Burt star of the week. I got Sean Monahan, uh, two points in all four games last week. Give him four goals, four assists, tied point uh, for the lead league in points last week with eight. Uh, played awesome. Playing a lot right now too. Nearly twenty-one minutes a night. Over his last five games or so, Flames look good. Seem to be kind of cleaning up their struggles at five v five early on, and Lindholm looking uh, pretty strong on the top line. Came back, yeah, get, got, bu- got just... bumped down to the third line there for like half a game, and yeah. back up on the top top line and ripping it up again. There you go. So we said a couple weeks ago when we we're talking about Lindholm. So hopefully you guys picked him up when he was available because he's not anymore. No, <laughs> he is. Hot. Yeah, I had to watch them. Colorado up 4-1 going into the third. That was a night. crazy comeback. Yeah, and then they just blew the whole thing. Five. Six-five loss. Five. Six-five loss. Third period goals. 11 goals for Colorado, one point this weekend. It was good. good Almost weekend. as crazy as the loss on Friday to the Canucks. <laughs> yeah. 7-6 yeah. loss <laughs> in OT. Elias Patterson just put on a Rough show. weekend if you're an Nats fan. Yeah. Hey, it's a tough West Coast trip. Uh, the Brock star of the week is Patrick Laine for me. Brock star of the week. Uh, Line had a slow start to the season, scoring just three goals with two assists in 12 games in October. But that doesn't come as much as a surprise, considering his October numbers have been worse than his November to April numbers uh, throughout the first two years of his career. After last month, his October points per game was at just 5.94, compared to a uh, 889 point per game uh, from November on. So it's been a slow start in the first couple years of his career. Now. Boom, calendar flips to November, um, and then the the Jets travel to Finland, which obviously is where 
Line was born, and yeah, you know, obviously gave him a little extra there. motivation. Uh, he opened the finished global series with a hat trick on seven shots and added a goal on six shots in the second game, giving him um, four goals in two games. That was the only two games that they played last week because they were in Finland. Yeah. Uh, but that gives him seven goals on the season now. Uh, the story of Line, you know, going home and dominating uh, after you know, kind of a slow start, getting bumped to the fourth line and stuff. That was enough for me. Uh, I'm a sucker for narratives, so yeah. you're a sucker for Patty Line across yeah, two games. Like, so that's not yeah, four yeah. goals in two games is pretty good. I mean, how many? If he how, got to play as much as point, I mean, he would have had twice. You know, as many goals. shit, he looked good. Like that third line looked good. Like with Lowry, like, it seemed to work. Yeah, and then he just they got on the power play, and he just does what he does in the PP. So. Definitely refueled him going back home. I even uh, I actually played him the first uh, the first here, day yeah. DraftKings, just thinking like, oh he's, yeah, he's gonna he's home, up. he's gonna shred it. He did. He shredded. I, I was just like, hey, him and Barkov have to be in your lineup. Like, yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, if you don't, you're dumb. Uh, uh, but Patrick Line is a guy who has been known to shoot at a ridiculously high yeah. clip. Um, so much so that we always call for some regression, but he just seems to kind of be better than that. And uh, better than regression, if that's possible. Yeah. Uh, shoots at a very high clip, but there obviously are, just like there are every season, there are players that shoot at an extremely high percentage through the first month or so of the season, uh, only to fall off throughout the course of the year. Uh, so basically, we're going to roll through uh, 10 names that um, you know either have become fantasy relevant, we're always fantasy relevant, uh, but are shooting at a ridiculously high uh, pace right now, and we're just going to talk about whether or not we think um, obviously, these shot percentages aren't sustainable, but what we can expect um, from these players when these shot shooting percentages start to dip a little bit. So, um, we'll start with Elias Pettersson. Obviously, uh, nine games, he's been ridiculous. Uh, right now, he's shooting 39.1%. Uh, not going to continue that. Sustainable. But, but, D, what do you expect uh, out of Elias Pettersson? Um, when this shooting percentage inevitably falls off a cliff. It's always kind of tough, you know, doing this sort of thing with a rookie because there's no other uh, really sample size to fall back on. But I think if you look at Pedersen's nine games so far, the ice time's good. He's playing over 17 minutes a night, strong for a rookie, obviously. Shots are decent, 2.55 per game right now. Uh, But the on-ice shooting percentage obviously has to come down too. It's at 16.2%. Expect that to settle in around 10 as the season plays on. Uh, possession numbers are strong. I, I, more than anything, I just don't trust the power play production being there all season. He's got five of his nine or five points, sorry, in nine games on the power play. That's a forty-six point pace. Uh, Kessel led the league last year with forty-two power play points. I just don't expect the Canucks power play to be able uh, to support that kind of production all year long. Yeah, exactly. Right. So uh, I think when you look at it, you got to expect him to regress a five v four as well as five on five. Uh, so I like him to settle in around a 65 to 70 point pace. That kind of seems to be what the numbers are pointing to right now. But again, tough to tell because there's a lot of talent here. Yeah. Uh, would not be surprised if he ends up with kind of Barzell-like numbers. Uh, but I don't think the assist totals are quite going to be there unless he does end up playing with Besser long term, which hasn't happened yet. Short, short, uh, got a bit of a sample size, I guess, alongside Besser. And they look good together, but uh, they reunited Horvat with Besser before. Yeah. Long. So I think that's going to be the way they go most of the season. Uh, so, yeah, I don't expect assist totals to be too gaudy. And, obviously, the goals are going to come down. I think 65 to 70 is pretty realistic. So, you don't expect 78 goals in 78 games? Like no, 76 I don't think and 76. So. Yeah, okay. I don't think he's going to keep there. scoring at this pace. Oh, thought he could. Yeah. Um, no. I was going to say, after watching him torch the abs the other night, I don't, I don't know, I'm, I'm convinced he's the best player in the world. <laughs> just kidding. But um, this guy is someone who just 
his, his scoring ability is absolutely elite. Um, he's proven that early, which mm-hmm. is crazy to say because we're someone who we're, we're generally a podcast that doesn't jump on rookies. Um, this guy is definitely changing that for us. Um, for me, I, I, I was thinking I, I like the Barzell comparison, just uh, just not not the options around him like Barzell had last year, which is just the difference and what why he might be a little bit under that. Yeah. Um, I have him shooting at probably still a pretty high rate because he seems to be selective in a very good way about his shots. I don't know if selective is necessarily what you want just someone, too. but it just seems like every shot is perfect when he wants it. Um, overall, you know, I, I would not be surprised to see this guy hit 30 goals this year, especially with the hot start he has had. We talk about it often, someone getting a jump early and just kind of having to play their average out. Mm-hmm. We we don't know this guy's average. Um, he could just be the greatest player ever. I mean, like, <laughs> when you're shooting 39%, it's hard, to, so. it's hard to be like, oh, well, he's going to shoot 8% so. for the rest of the season after shooting 39%. Yeah. Um, what I did for most of these guys, I basically just took how many shots they've got so far and projected it out through the remaining games of the season. Uh, right now, with what they're doing right now. No, he's on pace for 171 shots through the remainder of the season. Um, obviously, 39.1% won't hold up. But if you can maintain maybe even just like a line A like 17, which is really high. Yeah. Um, or something, you know, lower, more legit, like 15%. Um, that should put him on pace for you know an additional 25 goals, uh, which I think is a little bit more re- uh, reasonable. Um, and if you add that to his already nine, nine goals scored, that gives him a 35, 35 goal uh, rookie or sorry 34 goal rookie season. So um, I, you know obviously 39 percent is ridiculous. 17 percent is even really high. I think he's a guy that probably settles in somewhere in that 12 to 15 range. Um, but you never know. I mean, look at Will Carlson last year one one season. Wild Bull yeah. can... Uh, well, that's, can, what, can that's what Carlson did. He shot 40% for like two months and then just kind of coasted at yeah. 25. Yeah. So. Which is all we need, Elias. And no. don't get hurt. Yeah. yeah. But the one thing, too, is just like... They, they, like you said with Besser, like it's just like it's... They're just lacking like one extra really good winger. Like yeah. um, Jake Furtan has actually really stepped up recently. Yeah, but I mean, the blue Spen line, too, as much as anything else, right? Like, oh, I, I just feel God. like they're not getting the supply that they need to. I, I, you watch, I think they have trouble breaking in and out of the zone reliably and you know getting out of the zone is the main thing for them it's the big thing sure. uh, if they can get in the opposing zone obviously they have some weapons I think that can do some damage offensively Pedersen leading the group uh, but still like I said I, I think though. most of the regression is going to come on the power play uh, as much as anything else because yeah I don't think the Canucks power play will be good enough to support a 45 power play point <laughs> producer no uh, Leon Dreisaitl will probably just added to his total scored his uh, scored a goal tonight on three shots uh, midway through the second period, so three percent. He yeah. was he was shooting twenty six point nine percent coming in. It's probably a little bit higher now. Um, what do you guys think? Obviously, this is a guy who doesn't play with McDavid anymore. Um, you know, obviously they see quite a bit of time together on the power play. Um, always seem to be together at three on three, where they seem to score almost every single time that situation you know comes up. But um, Beebs, we'll start with you on this one. Drake Seidel, obviously the shooting percentage is going to drop. Where does he fall in here? Yeah, he's been kind of actually surprising to me and notoriously um, pretty good shooter throughout his career, shooting at a 14.3% clip, um, which was, yeah, a little bit higher than I expected. But his issue is he just doesn't get the puck on net enough, and he's kind of kept that exact same streak going this year. Um, he's kind of, he's, he, I could see him, um, he's kind of, he's got his, my apologies there. Um, I could see him kind of doing an on-pace form as he did in 16-17, which had him at 29 goals, so I could see him hovering around there by the end of the year. This hot start might push him above for 30 for the first time in his career. But overall, the guy's just been so close to that 14% mark that um, 
it's pretty hard to argue the stats. I see him dropping right back down there, which is not bad by any means. Just we need him to rip more. We need a lot more shots. Yeah, and, uh, that's what I want. Drayton's shot volume is is worrisome so far. Yeah. I mean, he's averaging fewer shots than he has uh, in each of his first two or last two seasons. Yeah. Uh, despite playing more minutes than ever, he's over twenty this year. Um, despite the hot start, Drayton likely won't score more than twenty goals uh, through the remaining sixty nine games. Like I think that's somewhere yeah, where he so falls in. To. You know, but it all what we always talk about is. You can always offset a dip, so dip in shoot, shooting percentage with increased shot volume. So if we see right now he's averaging two shots per game. If he, you know he's got like I said he's got three tonight. If he can get back over you know two and a half three per game, then he is a guy that could push for 25, 30 through the rest of the season, even if the shot volume or the shot percentage drops. But he needs to shoot more. Yeah, no, so that's what it is. It, yeah. it, it, it's scary, but he's always been a guy who is a really good playmaker too. Like he's a guy that gets fifty assists. Yeah, he's definitely not a shoot first option. I don't think. Um, <laughs> which is hilarious because he's playing with Tobias Reeder and Alex Chason right now, yeah. which I mean, yeah, not the most. Right, well, actually, him and Reeder have been really good together. And I, I, I was going to point to that. I think you know the, the dip in shot total in such a small sample size. I think a lot of it comes for the first uh, few games there. He had just five shots for the first four games, uh, but he seems to have really kind of been clicking with Reeder, uh, his countrymen. Uh, the two Germans ripping it up on the second yeah, line wild. for Oilers there. So but yeah, I, a I'm with you guys. Yeah. yeah, I really like Dry Settle's uh, chances at this point to get into 35 goals uh, just based off this hot start. He shot a good clip his whole career, 14.3%. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you guys pointed out, shot totals aren't any improvement at all from what he's done the last few years. Uh, but I, you know, I do kind of expect him to kind of get back to what he's done. It's kind of, if you take away the first four or five games or so, he's right on pace with what he's done the last few seasons. So I think you can expect him to settle in around a 30-goal pace from here on out, which, again, with the head start, could get him up to 35 goals. So pointing him upside when you consider his assist totals, 48 and 45 over the last two seasons. That Oilers power play should continue to do well all Fire season all yeah. Cylinders. But yeah, I mean, you got McDavid, dry title. That's enough to make Clef you know, lead power play. Yeah. But, yeah, you throw in Clef Bound, you throw in Nugent Hopkins. And I think Lucic, uh, for what it's worth, is capable uh, front of that presence. Yeah, so... Uh, really like the Oilers power play a lot. As a result, I like dry settle a lot. I think he'll end up around eighty points. Yeah, even if the season. goals aren't there, he's gonna he's yeah. gonna help you. Out. Forty-eight, and forty-five assists, last two seasons. So he's fantastic. All the goals you're getting right now are more just an added benefit from Leon. He's still doing exactly what you drafted him to do, which is rack up the assists and kind of drive his point totals up. Uh, so yeah, just enjoy the goals and bunches while they're coming. Uh, Beebs, we might as well go to you with your boy Gabe Landeskog, twenty-six point eight percent right now. What do you think? Absolutely sustainable. Um, Kidding on that one. But uh, Gabriel Landeskog is not necessarily a natural scorer, um, but he's been shooting a shit ton this year, and that's something that we love. Um, I expect his shots to go down uh, to a... To, he shot about 14% last year. Yeah. I, I could kind of see him dropping back down. That Just just the, the line together that he has there just helps so kind good. of create, create more for him because D have to have to float to Randon McKinnon, leaving him just there to you know, pop shit in, and I love it. Um <laughs> He's on pace for 225 shots this year, which is uh, very good um, from anyone that will take. Um, and if you shoot 14% at, with 225 shots, that'll get you 33 goals across the full season. Um, so include his hot start, and he should hopefully be able to surpass his um, sur- for, surpass the 30-goal mark for yeah. the first time in his career this year. Um, his career high was 26. Um, as I mentioned, though, this start is just... It's too it's too hot to deny what what's gonna he's not gonna I don't expect him to go so cold yeah that he evens out even if he goes cold twenty six is kind of that would be can you go cold point. playing with Nico Randon I don't think you can just stand there tip stuff poke a poke one in you know I it's it's yeah it's it's tough but um but for me I just you know I um 
the last couple of years, I definitely expect him to get at least 16 and yeah. surpass 26. Well, he's doing his job, right? Like he's yeah. skating in the right places, and he knows exactly what he has to do. His Being job is to carry the puck goals. on that yeah. line. No, it's to work well off the puck to get in the right spots. Exactly. Uh, and, yeah, almost three a game. Shots right now on pace for 240 on the year. Beautiful. Uh, would be his highest total since he locked 270 as a rookie. He hasn't really come I close to I totally forgot about that. Oh, wow. that. I was, I have that he was right awesome. At, he had a dominant rookie season. I had that right down, too. I was just like, yeah. man, like, it'd be, that's got to be a career high for him, right? And then I looked, yeah. I'm like, 270? I know. And like, I think the closest he's come is like 222. He was firing everything. Um, was so, awesome. yeah, I, I think his usage, obviously playing with Ryan and Atlanta Scott, but his usage alone I think it will help keep up the shot totals. He's averaging almost 21 minutes a night right now. Career 11.2 shooting percentage. Give him a career high 27 goals on 240 shots. 30 goal possibility, obviously, given the ridiculous head starts. So, uh, yeah, looks pretty good for Gabe. Don't expect him to keep scoring at this clip, no. obviously. No. Um, but, yeah, I mean, even if he rides his hot streak a little while longer, and then we're kind of getting into the territory where 40 goals might even be a possibility, mm-hmm. uh, just given this influx of shots we're seeing from him. And, again, playing on that top line and uh, just with how strong that avalanche power play is, too. Looking pretty good for Gabe right now. Yeah, uh, just to piggyback off that a little bit, uh, for rest of the year projections, I uh, should still fire an additional 200 shots uh, through the remaining 68 games, which would give him 22 goals to 25 goals uh, through the remainder of the season. So yep. that would push him above, uh, you know, 30. I'd be 36 right now, or 35 to 30. Yeah, 30, 33 yeah. if he scores 22. So, yeah, if he rides a hot chic a little yeah. while longer, exactly. like 40 goals is actually a legitimate exactly, possibility. Yeah, totally. Exactly. Pretty crazy. Uh, Victor Herbertson, who actually landed on IR today, uh, but he's shooting 25%. Yeah, it is too bad because he's playing great. That first line is awesome in Nashville. Uh, but shooting 25% right now. Uh, Arvidsson's always been a guy that I've been high on. and Shoots a lot, always. He always shoots a ton. Uh, he's been pretty much exactly who he's been for the last two seasons. Uh, he's a player who's going to approach 250 shots when healthy, shoot around 11%, score 30 goals. Um, nothing more, nothing less, really. Uh, right now, his shot volume down a little bit, but his shooting percentage is up. Uh, I feel like they'll probably balance out once he returns to my arm. I'll start shooting more. His shot volume, or shooting percentage will drop down a bit, and he'll be kind of right around where he normally is, uh, give or take, you know, maybe a couple extra goals here and there. Uh, what do you guys think for Arvidsson? Yeah, he's got eight goals on 32 shots, and zero of those are power play goals. So that's uh, something that bodes extremely well for the guy mm-hmm. um, as someone who can contribute in that factor, um, that, you know, category. You, you, you got to expect him to, to do something there, which only helps him. Eight even strength goals is pretty pretty great so far this to, to look at this year. I imagine yeah. that's Because Forsberg's be... taking all the power play yeah. goals. Yeah, <laughs> come on, Phil. That's yeah. monster. Yeah. But that's okay. i got to imagine that's got to be close to league tops, though, at 5-on-5. Five five. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I'm with you. I don't think the shot totals are too overly concerning. He's only no. on pace for about 20 or so less than what he put up last year. Uh, you can kind of chalk most of that off in a small sample size. I expect him selling around 30 goal average that last few seasons. And, again, considering the head start, uh, great shot at top in his previous career high. As long goals. as he gets back. Yeah. Yeah. As long as he doesn't miss an extended period of time. Yeah. But like 246 shots in 2017, 247 shots in 2018. Yeah. Uh, pretty consistent guy when it comes to getting the puck on net. Loves to shoot it. Uh, next guy, we got Kyle Palmieri. Talked about him a little bit last week. Uh, he's shooting 25% right now. D, what do you think about uh, the New Jersey Devils? Already there? racked up 36 shots in 11 games. Puts him on pace for a career high, 268. Would, would be yeah. the first time he shot over 200 times since 2015-16. His shot totals were beginning to climb last year, but injuries have forced him to miss 20 games, so this isn't totally out of the blue. He's got a strong career shooting percentage at 12.9%. Would give him 35 goals on 268 shots. Uh, potential for more, obviously, given the head start. I think Paul Mary's the real deal. I love that yeah. top line in New Jersey. 
Uh, I can't believe I'm saying this, but just based off this head start and kind of the shot totals, if you can keep up that shot volume, a real shot at 40 goals for Kyle Palmieri. Yeah, uh, so right now his uh, shot volume would put him on 230 shots uh, through the remaining 71 games. And at that career, uh, 13.4 shooting percentage, uh, that would give him 30 additional goals, which would put him over top 40 for the first time in his career. So. Uh, it's just all about the shot volume. Keep getting that puck on net. Even if he just – all he has to do is, is get that puck on net the same amount of times yeah. as he's been doing right now and just Stay maintain healthy. that career shooting percentage of 13.4%. You don't need to shoot 25%, yeah. Kyle. Yeah. 13.4 is going to do it. you got a 40 goal. 25 season. is great. I, I mean, as far as net front presence goes on the power play, yeah, he's a beast. Borderline best in the league at this point, uh, aside from when maybe Tavares is playing that role in Matthews. Yeah, not a lot of people get to watch New Jersey, but – Watch New Jersey. It's yeah. Fun. Yeah. That top yeah, line yeah, is yeah, fun good. to watch. Dude. He sure just keeps getting It's just down funny because like they're not like they were just like the most boring team of all time to watch for yeah. years. Yeah. But even like, last year, like with, like it was the top line is fun to watch. Well, that's that's it. Yeah, yeah. Like, whenever anybody else is on the ice, it's like ugh. But, but they like, had the top line is a light. And they play like twenty three minutes run. a night. Yeah. Oh, they're pretty much on the ice the whole time. <laughs> uh, Braden Point, guy, I said we were going to talk about a little bit later. Ooh. So Beeps, we'll go right back to you about Braden Point, twenty four point two percent right now though. You know he's this guy's on fire on both. Yeah, across just across the board, eight goals, nine assists through fourteen. Um, he's not shooting a ton, something we don't love, and uh, this is kind of going to catch up to him, bite him in the ass in the long run, I believe. Uh, he had a thirty-three goal season a year ago, um, and he shot at fourteen percent. So I would kind of expect him to get back to that, uh, but he needed two hundred twenty-four shots to get that last year. Yeah. Um, he's just not on pace for that this year. Uh, but although the hot start has kind of pushed him above, so uh, so I can see him getting back to those that same area. But um, I kind of expect a 26, 27 goal area and a, a lot more assists this year just from him. I don't know. It just the options around him. Just I like those as shooting options more. You got Kucherov there. You got yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. There's but, a, that second line is still so good. Yeah. Overall, he's it's the power play too. The power play is phenomenal. Um, like I had Braden Point ranked extremely high yeah, this preseason, a lot higher than um, almost every other site. Still can't believe he's eighty five percent owned. So I'm pretty relieved to see this hot start. I hope it continues. Uh, obviously, though, his shot volume or his shot volume is down, and he's playing two and a half minutes less per game yeah. um, so far this year, which isn't ideal. But still, I think a lot of it has to do with power play too. He's playing on the second yeah. unit this year, spent most last year on the first unit. Yeah, sucks. Right now, though, still uh, given his current pace, I still think that he can pop another 25 through the remainder of the season uh, and put him, you know, right over... Yeah. Uh, put him, like, right where 30 goals, 30 year, assists, yeah. just like last year, which yeah. is more than you can ask for out of your, you know, your second line center. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I think, the, you know, the dip in shot volume is a little concerning, and I think it probably has a lot to do with that time on ice being down, so I don't know how much that's going to get corrected unless his usage gets an uptick in the next little bit. Uh, but, yeah, I expect him to slow down a bit and to settle in closer to 30 goals than 40 for sure. I think a little bit of it... Could have to do too with their third line has been so good this year. Yeah. With Sorelli, Matthew Joseph, and Alex Kalorn. So yeah. they're seeing you know that extra minute per night. That's Matthew Joseph did. got his first career NHL yeah. goal. That's oh my cool. god! Not for lack of trying though, man. I, I played him a couple, punted him like that line a couple times in DraftKings and watched. I played like, him last night. I got the goal. Did you? Nice. They're all around the puck, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I love playing. I love just watching those guys too. They're great. Uh, I'm not a big Kalorn fan, but those two, Sorelli and Joseph, are, are awesome. What's wrong with Kalorn? I, I he just used to piss me off when they would just beat the Red Wings in the playoffs for a couple man. years. Oh yeah, no, he was just a son of a bitch, you know, for a couple of years in the playoffs. But um, just you know, we hold grudges sometimes. Sure. Uh, great first name on this guy, uh, Brock Nelson, twenty four point one percent shooter right now. Um, 
I'll start since he's got a great first name. Yeah. Uh, Nelson entered the season uh, with sleeper potential after John Tavares trade was traded to or not traded but signed with the Maple Leafs. Um, they saw, imagine they traded him to the Maple Leafs. <laughs> yes, that'd be even crazier. You chose to come, bro. Yeah, I legitimately wrote trade. Like I don't know how that happened, so we're gonna scratch that yeah, out. Just um, out of there. but. Uh, Nelson's played very well. He's seen a bump from 14 minutes and 44 seconds per night to 18 minutes and 18 seconds uh, per night. Who could have seen that? Yeah, crazy, eh? Uh, That has put him on (laughs) pace for uh, 183 shots, which would be the second highest of his career still. Uh, His shooting percentage is unsustainable, like all these guys. But it wouldn't surprise me if he scored, uh, you know, an additional 20 goals, uh, maybe 25 through the remaining of the season. Uh, Remainder of the season and approach 30 for the first time in his career. But... Uh, still not shooting a ton, but the uptick in playing time um, is, is great. I've played this guy again a million times in DraftKings, and every time I watch him, I feel like he hits the post. So his shooting percentage right now could be like a thousand. A lot uh, if he just you know had a little bit better aim, stop hitting crossbars and shit, pissing me off every night. Yeah, but uh, D, what do you think about? I think Nelson's the only guy on this list who you could consider dropping right now in standard mm-hmm. leagues. Yeah. Um, you know, 24.1%, like you said, 29 shots on pace for 183. I think he'd be lucky to get to 30 goals this season, even with this head start. The 30 goals is nice if he does get there, but, I mean, again, we're looking at, uh, you know, 23 goals from here on out. And when you can consider the assist totals, too, he's got a career high of 25, um, struggles to get to 20 every year, has just two this season. So we're talking about a guy that's, you know, best case going to end up with yeah. the round. 45 to 50 points. So, unless you really, really need the goals, I think you can go ahead and drop Brock Nelson to most leagues. He's uh, the one guy on this list where you can't, like, well, so far, that you can't confidently be like, yeah, he's yeah. probably getting 30. Yeah, points. and the, the one thing the Islanders still have going for them is, you know, a strong, competent first unit on the power play. Still very effective with Barzell, mm-hmm. Everly, uh, Lee, Bailey, and yeah. Bailey, uh, but notably no Brock Nelson finds himself <laughs> in that second unit. So, again, not a whole lot of upside here moving forward. Yeah, if he wasn't shooting 24%, you. Would not even be talking about him on this podcast ever. So, but one thing that he Basically, does have going in his favor is he's only owned in fourteen percent of leagues. So that means that people yeah, it's a decent spot jumped, too. jumped on the wagon. Yeah. yeah, I actually had him later as one of my pickups, but that's since been moved out of my mind <laughs> uh, because we talked about him. But yeah, just in general, um, as you mentioned, yeah, he's, he's going to score those twenty goals. I think, he's proven that he can. Um, he's in the best position in his career. Yeah, it just depends how deep your league is too. Yeah, exactly. I think if you're in a 14, 16 team league, like absolutely, he should definitely be close to thirty percent. Uh, yeah, but I think in standard twelve team leagues, uh, not quite worth holding on to for the full season. But again, I, I think one of the better spot starts you can find on the wire night in and night out, uh, just given the usage. Yeah, anyone who's rocking a first line role. Awesome, my lineup. Yeah, on a decent offensive team is what I would call the Islanders. Yeah, they're not great. Call Liam sure. Bailey decent. Um, guy we shit on a little bit in the preseason. Uh, Max Domi, 24.1% shooting percentage right now. Uh, D, what do you think about Max Domi? I know you're a guy that's jumped on this Habs bandwagon a little bit from a fantasy perspective. Obviously never going to be on that I believe bandwagon. I'm just double-checking right now. But yeah, this is the only guy on the list who's not shooting double digits for his career shooting percentage-wise, just 9.7. Um, I think like Nelson, he'd be lucky to hit 30 goals. Unlike Nelson, his lofty assist totals keep him fantasy relevant, worthy of a roster spot all season, uh, routinely getting in the mid-30s so far in his young career. So I, I think you know you put this hot start in there, uh, 60 points well within reach for him. Uh, again, I w- would not expect the goals to be there all season long. The shot total is not quite there. 183 is solid for Domi, uh, but not what you quite want to see from a guy – 
uh, who, you know, if we're talking about him 30, hitting 30 goals, really don't think it's going to happen. Uh, I don't think yeah, I think yeah. fantasy relevant for sure. Just because I don't think it's outlandish to think that he scores like fifteen to fifteen to eighteen more goals this year, and, which you know, would be and, like he, and he ends up with twenty five goals in 60, yeah. 60 points, yeah, which is like That's which is a career high across the board. Yeah, exactly. Um, this is someone who. In his last three years, has only scored a combined twenty-five goals. Or, I know, yeah. and that's why we—that's why we shit on him in the preseason. That's exactly what everyone. Knows. He went from a guy Master who didn't player. shoot, didn't score, yeah. to a player who now will at least you know he'll be right around two hundred shots. Yeah, um, now he's shooting. But just being under two, so being under two hundred in itself hurts, yeah. hurts his value and just his overall. He's proven you know he's not an elite goal scorer. He's yeah, I just think, I, like I said, I, I think he's definitely fantasy relevant. He's going to be worthy of a, a roster spot the whole season, uh, but. You know, yeah, absolutely. I, I think he's one of the best no, this sell is, high candidates. This is a hardcore hot totally. start. Yeah, yeah, you want to trade this to a guy who doesn't look up yeah. previous year's stats and doesn't know that. Yeah, the assist totals are going to be there. He's effective power play guy. Uh, he's going to be getting first power play time in Montreal all season. But the goals, I just don't can't, can't doesn't buy any shoot either. He's never had more than 156. Yeah. What is yeah. that? But come on, you Max. Know, I yeah. think your dad had more shots than that most years. Yeah, I don't know. I've never looked up Tidomi stats in my life. About two. Uh, Evgeny Malkin. Two more guys to talk about here. Evgeny Malkin, 24.1 shooting percentage right now. Uh, surprisingly, too, his shot volume is way down. Uh, and it's obviously, his shooting percentage is way up. What do you think uh, for Malkin right now? Obviously, it's been a hot start, but... Domi did not have more than 100 shots in the season. I didn't think season, so. so yeah. He got awfully close. He hovered even those, 90. Even those full years when he played 82 games with Sunday and didn't get He hovered 90. He got 98 yeah. twice. But he uh, faces punch, though. Yeah. But, I mean, Malkin, if you look at his numbers, the 42 goals last year, a bit of an anomaly. He kind of struggles to get to 30 normally. More of like a... Uh, well, I thir- I wouldn't say struggles to get to thirty considering the injuries, but he's more like you imagine if he's getting a point a game, it's because thirty goals and fifty assists. Sort yes. of thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, twenty nine shots on pace for one hundred ninety eight. Had two hundred thirty nine last season. Career shooting percentage of thirteen point nine. Shot at least sixty percent three seasons in a row. So that career shooting percentage has been trending up. Uh, so even if you want to apply that sixteen percent to the one hundred ninety eight shots, it only nets him thirty one goals. He's got to increase his shot volume if he wants to get back to forty goals. That was the main reason he even got to forty last year. Yep. Two thirty nine was a big step up to what he's normally been doing. Uh, so a he guy needs that's to not going to stay more. healthy. Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't know. He did last. He year. will. He's just going to miss a game here and miss yeah. a game there because he missed fourteen, farted, and this hurts. And <laughs> one game off here and. Why do you got to play against the Wings? They suck anyways. But yeah, I think a 30 goal, uh, 45 assist season seems most likely for Malkin at this point. Which is... Especially given the injury concerns as much as anything else. Healthy right now. Yeah, I mean, if he does stay healthy, can he blow those numbers yeah, away too? Absolutely. That's what I think. Being but he's got to shoot more. He's yeah, not going to score regardless. No, but he could be like 35-60 if he plays all year. Oh, yeah. Obviously. One thing that's crazy is, you know, 24% is only, could be. as we mentioned, 7% off of what he's done the last three years, um, which really isn't that much. Uh, definitely, obviously, we see him retreating back, but not very much, as I mentioned. I can see him going, obviously, back to that 17%, which is crazy to think that a guy is – that's just his average now. It's crazy to think um, that, like, Malkin and Crosby are just so good all yeah. the time. And they've just, like, just they're, been together. Yeah, they're just they always fucking one. so good. Ugh, what a lucky franchise. Yeah, assholes. Yes. Anyways, um, no, for me, I see Malkin um, reaching 40 this year. I can see him. I didn't mention um, in my – Right up here that I would like him to shoot a little bit more, which, as D mentioned, you know, we, we all want to see Malkin shoot as much as possible, especially at a 70% clip. But um, 40 goals is definitely, he can stay healthy in the works, but, you know, stop missing these games here and there. That doesn't help. He's shot at actually 17.2% uh, 
over the last three seasons. So massive sample size, and he's yeah. been able to maintain a 17.2 percent lightning-like numbers. Yeah, and so like even at his current pace, um, at seven, like shooting his shot, current shot volume at 17.2 percent, he can still add another 30 goals. Yeah. Um, oh, so yeah. He, there's you know it's just all about staying healthy for him at this point. I mean like yeah. Three years in a row of shooting at seventeen percent. I'm not about to. I'm not worried at all. Yeah, he's going to shoot fourteen. If he all goes of a down to fifteen. We'll be upset. Yeah, for saying fourteen, all of a sudden be a difference of like two goals. So it's not no. anything too drastic either. No. But. We're going to be upset though. But it could be a difference between thirty-eight and forty. Yeah. I guess I don't think he gets there, but I don't either because I don't. I, I doubt he plays eighty-two games. Yeah, but I don't. I don't to average it across eighty-two is tough for him. <laughs> oh like, yeah, you got to average it across seventy. Like sixty-nine. Yeah. Oh, um, nice. Nice. Okay, yeah. last guy we're gonna talk yeah, about nice. our boy Timo Meyer, thirty-nine, thirty. Sorry, twenty-three. I was gonna say thirty-three point nine, but that's way too high. Twenty-three point nine uh, percent shooting percentage right now. D uh, Meyer is a player that we touted all preseason because it was I touted him all year last year. Shot volume, it hasn't fallen off at all. Through fourteen games, he's at two hundred and sixty-six shot pace. That would put him at a thirty-four goal pace to close out the season if his sh- if his shooting percentage drops all the way down to fifteen percent. Adding 34 goals to an uh, an 11 goal start would make our boy Timo Meyer a 45 goal scorer this year. Freaky what do you guys think about that shit? Uh, Sounds great. Like the sh- the shot volume, absolutely no surprise. Literally, he's just playing three more minutes a night, uh, and that's the only reason the shot totals are up. He shot 210 times last year as a 21 year old on pace for 269 right now. Uh, yeah, I, I I think a 30 30 season looks so. Uh, you know, it's pretty much a lock at this point for Meyer. As long as he holds a spot in that top six, if they kind of lock down that top line, you know, he works best alongside uh, Kane and Pavelski. Uh, but he's kind of a bounce around there. I think right now it's him, and Meyer. Or he's with Couture. Mm-hmm. Couture and Hurdle right now. Yeah, Hurdle and Hurdle's in the lineup. And then LeBanc on the top yeah. line. Mm-hmm. Pavelski, Thornton. Yeah. No, so Kane. Kane on the top line. They just keep changing it. Eh? It's Hurdle or it's it's Meyer. Tour in the bank right now, but because hurdles, I would put right, 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 right. Okay, so my both of those spots are good spots. You know, uh, normally I would say tour and hurdle, a great spot to be alongside. Uh, but certainly, uh, you know, the ideal spot I think is Kane, Pavelski, Meyer in the top line. That's where we saw the most success from last year. Uh, but I don't really think it matters. And I think it's only a matter of time before they really consider moving him to the top power play unit. Uh, I think he really adds another dimension that they don't Big have power on that forward, unit right yeah. now. Yep. Uh, strong shot. Uh, I don't really well, get the point of having Joe Thornton on that unit still. Snipe that I think it's more about lifetime achievement role yeah, that's thing. What it is. Yeah, I, it just it doesn't make it to him until his knees go and right. he's out for the next right. sixty. So. Right. As far as I'm concerned, like, Thornton should not be anywhere near that unit. Uh, Couture should be the only one Myers competing with for that third forward spot on their top power play unit. But nevertheless, it's Thornton right now. If anything else, it just leaves more potential for Myers' uh, points to keep climbing. Obviously, he won't keep up at this pace. Uh, but I, I like you said, I don't know. Forty goals possibility. I think thirty-five, super legit considering the head start and just the shot volume. We have some breaking news on the Daily Faceoff podcast. <laughs> what? Brian Boyle, hat trick alert! <laughs> Absolutely on breaking news on hockey fights cancer night in Pittsburgh. Awesome! That is the way we're gonna send it to the Blue Stones. That's oh. some cool ass shit. Enjoy the Blue Stones. When we get back, we're gonna cut some boot. And we're going to talk about some players to pick up off the waiver wire. Enjoy the Blue Stones. We'll see you guys back here in 60 seconds. I'm not crying. You're crying. <laughs> Steady glow. The fire fills the room.
Welcome back to Season 4, Episode 11 of the Daily Faceoff Podcast. We hope you enjoyed that tune from the Blue Stones, their new album, Black Holes, out on Spotify and yeah. iTunes, Apple Music. Right? Yeah. Yeah, iTunes. Yeah. <laughs> Throwback. Um, and yeah, we hope you enjoy that song. We hope you appreciate the performance. Brian Boyle tonight. Uh, hat trick. It's pretty remarkable. Was it's... the second one, or was the third one a power play goal too? Or was it even strength? Did that fourth line score two goals? Because I will not um, believe you. Be two, one power, two power play goals. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. Boyle, for whatever reason, well, net front presence. Let's talk about it. Big guy. Plays on Ryan. the first power play unit. Dude, and he's like, with played the it Jersey up one. Yeah. On that unit. Like, I know. He's on fire. I know. He's actually always been kind of good. He played a little bit there uh, when he was with the Leafs, too, for that short stretch of time. Uh, but so anyway. I forgot that was a thing. Moving along now. On to the, an old segment that we're bringing back. Almost did it last week, but we decided to give the players just a little more time to change our mind. It's cut bait. We're looking at guys that we not maybe didn't recommend in the preseason, uh, but guys that you know in our, in our own leagues we certainly uh, would have considered rosterable, certainly would have uh, considered worthy of a draft. And just selection. like still have pretty high own percentages because they're not being drafted. Yeah, yet. exactly. So uh, we can tell a lot of you guys are kind of on the fence about whether you should hang on to these guys or not. Uh, so we're going to talk about some guys that we think are worth dropping at this point, and we're going to give you some replacements for them too because we are the best fantasy hockey podcast in the world. Uh, so in right now, uh, let's kick it off with Beeps. Who you got? Cut bait. I'm cutting bait with... With your first overall selection, <laughs> Rasmus Dahlin. Um, you heard that right. 73% own Rasmus Dahlin. One goal, four assists, 23 shots. There's first, I don't even know how many games here. I think it's been 14 for them. Um, he's barely reached 20 minutes a game in almost all of those. And that's not a knock against Dahlin. It's just a knock against people trusting rookies way too much in their rookie season. We kind of called this going in that this guy would go way higher than he should, and he has. Told you. If you're in redraft leagues, there's no reason why you have to worry about a dude's potential. Um, it's not going to really translate this season. It might. He might turn it on a little bit for the second half, but by that point, anyone else you could yeah. have grabbed in that area... Um, such as who I'm going to mention after this. Yeah, is, but, and is more than anything, they just normally don't get the usage yeah. or the run that their talent Absolutely. maybe quite deserves. And the team around him is just, yeah. I'm sorry, Buffalo, I love you, but it's not that good. He's yeah. a minus two, and it's that's surely It's getting better. Down. It's getting sure. better, um, and it certainly starts from Rasmus Dahlin on. Yeah. But that doesn't mean your fantasy team has to start with Rasmus Dahlin. Not in standard leagues, no. no. So 73 is a little bit leagues. too much. If you're in a keeper league, keep them all year. This, yeah. could, this guy's going to be huge. Um but right now, Yahoo has him ranked as a D5. Um, so no, none of your fantasy teams should have 5D. So that means... Unless you're rolling uh, four, I guess. Right in the free agency, bench, for yeah. sure. Yeah, but um, also super quick mention of someone that's... Uh, it just it just drove me up the wall. I went I went at Twitter on it today. Why the fuck is Martin Morenson 29% owned <laughs> in fantasy hockey? The guy's played two games because Yahoo ranked him like 120th overall. Classic, yeah. Still 29% owned. Which I, with, I'm pretty sure like bad projected stats, right? So it was just a total blunder. Uh, and most people who go into standard fantasy league drafts don't do any research at all besides so the player list that Yahoo gives them. Yeah. Uh, and he gets drafted because I think Toronto's good. This guy must be supposed to play Absolute a lot of Absolute joke. So he is, he's 10% he's less owned than Oscar yeah. Kleffbaum, who I'm going to suggest you guys replace uh, Rasmus Dahlin. Can I just uh, interject on Dahlin real Absolutely. quick? Absolutely. Come in here, Brock. Uh, so oh, you honestly, us. for me... <laughs> Um, missed you. I was very upfront with my lack of interest of you investing yeah. draft capital in Rasmus Dahlin. You were telling everyone. I see. Yeah. You're like, hey, my name is Brock. I don't believe in Rasmus Dahlin this year. Yeah. Yeah. That was well, it. no, and it was honestly less even to do with Rasmus Dahlin as it was just I 
laid out the. I remember. It's like points. three defense I, in the last ten years hit forty points. Exactly. Yeah. It's just they don't do anything. He's but on honestly, 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 at this point, I disagree with Biebs, and I wouldn't be dropping oh. him because if you had okay. drafted okay. the the draft, invested the draft capital in him against our advice, I think you can't drop him right now <laughs> because. You're going to be kicking yourself in the ass if he does ever get it going. And there are signs that he could get it going. I mean, right now he's got a 53.8 Corsi 4, positive uh, 5.9 uh, relative Corsi. I just think a lowly yeah. 5.7 on ice shooting percentage. And right now, he only put up 20 seen, and 41 in Sweden. He's seen 30, the 35th most, which isn't a crazy number, but the 35th most uh, power play time per game. Uh, among all defensemen, almost three minutes per night on the power play. He has been featured. That means like the most of any second unit defenseman. Yeah, the yes. way to look at it. But he's, and that's what I was going to say, he's just started to sometimes see um, power play one time. He had a small stretch where he was on the top power play unit for a minute there. He's outplaying Rasmus Ristolainen right now. And I think, I honestly think that he could very well be the top D option on that team this year at some point and we've seen what Last Skinner wait for Eichel that, though, everybody's like doing production. it I just think I just seen, think if you drafted him then you, you have to we've seen on. this Buffalo team for like five years have just unjustified faith in Rasmus versus Lining to get it done and all that Miss Dow not that we're complaining at all about any but um, you know as much as you know I don't quite understand your flip flop here Brock uh, I get I'm that saying if you drafted him you, I think that I'm you should I think that you should definitely look at trading him before you look at yeah, dropping him. Yeah. Uh, because you can probably get someone welcome. to latch on to the name. Yeah, uh, sure. and if you did draft him, you probably invested like a 10th or 11th round pick to get him, uh, which is pretty ridiculously high, and you yeah. don't really just want to throw that away to the waiver wire. Uh, but obviously, if you're in kind of a weird league where not everyone follows closely and there is someone really good sure. available, you drop him in a heartbeat You know, for someone that's going to reliably put up half a point per game. But I just think looking at his underlying numbers, well, yes, they're strong. Yes, they're awesome for a rookie. We've seen so many rookie defensemen come in and not – have those underlying numbers translate into but offensive his usage is there right now. It could be, he yeah, he could put up. I know. But all I'm saying is, if you draft him, let's say as, a, as like a third or fourth, <laughs> the fact a, that he's got the usage in the production still has. But it, well, like I realize that the on shooting percentage is low. I just don't know how much higher it's going to climb playing. The, for the usage savings. is just coming. Like basically, what I'm saying is, if you drafted him as your third or fourth defenseman, hopefully at some point so far this year, you've picked up a guy off the waiver wire who's been able to step up in, in your third or fourth defenseman slot. If you dra- if you draft this guy. It wasn't a great move. But if you did, I think you still have to hold on to it because I think there's a chance... I don't know if I would be, say, hold on to him as yeah. much as I would be saying desperately try trade to trade him. I would definitely just be trying to trade him. I don't disagree with that. I'm just saying I wouldn't be dropping him right everything. now. I'd be, I'd be trying to figure out something to do with him, whether it's trade or hold on to him rather than drop him, at least at this point. Would you so rather have him or, who I'm about to mention, Oscar Clefbaum? I would rather have Oscar Clefbaum. Okay. For so, sure. At thirty nine percent owned, but like that's even that's just ridiculous. I think you should I, pick you, up Oscar Clefbaum. You should pick up Oscar Clefbaum and keep Dalene on your bench and try. That's to what I'm saying. Him. That's why I just don't want to come across as a blanket message. Don't drop Dalene because there is guys like Clefbaum or some of these other guys that we're going to talk yeah, about. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, but Clefbaum, forty two shots to start this year. Yeah. I um, talked about him last week. He's fucking yeah, ridiculous. I'm just going to piggyback on the Brock last week because I love piggybacking on the I don't Brock. Know if I can hold you. <laughs> Probably not. But forty two shots, small fella, zero goals. Um, obviously, it's bound to change. Um, on five, in five or five, in five v five this year, he is twelfth best among 197 defensemen. You have a stroke all today? The NHL. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong leg. It's Monday too, and it was like no, six hours ago. No, I make it. Yeah, I don't even. Yeah, yeah. Come on, bud. People forget, but not now. 
But um, he has six assists and is a plus eight this year, so he's clearly changed his ways as last year. He was just god-awful. Yeah. Um, he had another assist tonight, too. He was a fucking pylon last year. Um, it was embarrassing to watch, but he looks great this year. Um, he's really turned it around, and it's great to see. Um, he's hit 30 minutes in two of his last eight games. That's straight ridiculous. Um, not many D-men are hitting 30. And Brock, fifth, said, fifth in the league right now among defensemen yeah. in time on ice. Said you love usage, so Oscar Kleppbaum... Using them hardcore. Yeah, fifth in uh, fifth in ice time. Um, overall, fifth in power play ice time as well. Yeah, uh, that trail is also well. that trail is Tori Krug, uh, who just returned for two games. Right now, he's averaging six minutes and thirty six seconds per game on the power play. And their play. money's worth, bro. They got to make up for all those games. But no, like that'll make up for all those games. Matt Grizzly. I just, I just, all I'm saying is, if you drop the hole. to go back to it for a second, is if you drop Dalene, he's gonna get picked up literally immediately just for the name alone. And I that's just say you trade. That's, why you trade. that's what I don't disagree. And Still I think that made. there's probably somebody else on your roster that's shittier than Dolene at this point that you can still. And I think if you add Clefbaum, that just makes owning Dolene a little bit easier too, because then you just bump him down the depth chart, and then you can hold out for that potential. Yeah. Because I mean, a lot at of the same time, you don't want to go around holding five defensemen. Yeah, do you want that? I do, especially when you're looking at Clefbaum like a guy who's going to bring you forty to forty-five points in a good year, right? Compared to, you know, fringe fantasy roster of a forward. Yeah, but you could be picking up more, Brock Nelson, who's going to put up the same amount of points. But yeah, do you but expect Dalene to pass that 40 plateau, point plateau? That we I doubt it, but I mean... At that point, I don't want him then. Yeah. But he could. I, I'm just saying, like, it's... He could. He, if you drafted him, I just think it's too yeah. early. But I would literally trade him for almost anything. Because, yes. I again, I don't yeah. think... Like, just purely based on numbers uh, and performance, he doesn't warrant a roster spot. So if you can get any sort of rosterable player back for him... If you're in a league where Clefbaum's owned, I would... For sure, yeah. offer Darlene for Clef. Yeah, no problem yeah. getting accepted. Exactly. Yeah. Um, who are you cutting bait with, D? Andre Svechnikov. Oh, Brock, I know you're going to have a lot of fun with this one. Svechy, we love the rookies. Uh, but I'm pretty sure I got every single counter argument covered here. So, yeah. <laughs> ready go. to go. Let's go. Second overall pick in last summer's entry draft was considered the top fantasy rookie available. Going to need a beer for this. To the season. I'm not even touching it. Yeah, that early season title of top rookie quite obviously goes to Elias Pedersen. The main issue for Svechnikov is his usage. He's playing just 13 minutes a night. Uh, buried on the Hurricanes' third line. The success of their top two lines early on makes it unlikely Special Club gets an extended look in the top six anytime soon. He's not getting a lot of run with the man advantage either. Currently ninth on the team in power play time. The shot totals and underlying numbers are impressive given his limited usage. Uh, and they do suggest there is a bright future ahead of Svechnikov, but I just don't think it's worth waiting around for in standard leagues this season. His on-ice shooting percentage, obviously very low at 4.3%. But again, given his usage, even if that does regress to a league average rate, we're still only talking about a 45-50 point pace here, which is not rosterable in most standard leagues. Uh, and again, that's like best-case scenario that we're waiting around for. I'm not sure his on-ice shooting percentage is going to climb that much, but he's skating with Jordan Martinook and Lucas Walmark. Uh, Jordan Martinook is a terrible hockey player. Yeah, and no, the Hurricanes line have not been fluid at all this season. They've been as consistent as any team in the league. Walmark, Martinook. Like the most consistent. Like yeah. I don't even have to update that shit. I know. Walmark, Martinook, and Svechnikov have already played over 100 minutes together at 5v5. Uh, and that's as a third line, playing only 13 minutes a night. So he seems destined to remain buried in the Hurricanes' bottom six. Uh, which is a terrible place to be. You can drop him now, and if he does get an uptick in usage, I think it's better to kind of sit and watch and uh, speculate freely on the waiver wire. Hope you're kind of the first to act when that big uptick does come. But it doesn't look like it's coming at all. Standard leagues only, like I said, I think he's going to be a stud in a year or two when he's just a little bit older, getting the minutes he deserves. Uh, But even the positive underlying numbers, Brock, I I don't think at all it's worth waiting around for, given his situation right now. And we have him ranked like... 
as a bottom of the roster guy, like a guy that you take a hundred and thirty-eight percent on seventieth overall, and mm-hmm. he is a bottom of your roster guy. And that's when we thought he was going to play on the top line, um, and he just super has not. I mean, he started out in the fourth. He, uh, the one thing that I think could go a long way for Spechnikov at this point is if he takes uh, Valentin Zaykov's spot on the top power play unit. That could go a long way on uh, boosting his production. Yeah. Uh, but you're right. He's just he's, He seems locked on that, on that uh, second line. And I think if you asked me before the season started and you showed me these Third lines, number, yeah. I'd be like, oh, fuck, there's no way that he doesn't bump Warren Fogel off of the, the, yeah. but the second that, line. That but that line second line is just so good. good. I mean, even bet, Justin like, Williams, they just, yeah. they've, been, they've been too good. Like, that's not even talking about offensive production, but, like, literally the best shutdown line in the league so far. Unbelievable. Um, so, like, I think that there is a lot of room for improvement here still just because of the uh, on-ice shooting percentage. Yeah. I think and the, I, honestly, the shots are tremendous. Like, the fact that he's shooting... 35 shots in, 30, in 13 minutes of ice time just, a night. Just, yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. And it's like insane. I said, that's why I think he's going to be an absolute dynamite goal scorer in years to come. But, like, literally, there's just been absolutely no sign that he's going to get any uptick in usage at all this year. And I, I don't think it's worth waiting around for in Saturday leagues, especially because... You know, you can probably. I don't think he's likely to get picked up if you drop him. I think you can kind of bet on he being might, the first he, one. He, act. Might, he, he could, might not. but again, even if he does get picked up, I think you let someone else wait around for that to maybe happen because uh, there's just so much more viable replacements. It all it all depends who is available. Obviously, yeah. there's some studs on the waiver wire that you yeah, could exactly. add, then then you do it. But I mean, if we're like we're talking about a guy like Brock Nelson, like I almost want this guy sitting on my bench. Right. Well, I'm not even I'm not like even that. looking like that high up. Uh, the guy I got to talk about in this spot is Kevin LeBeau. LeBanc? Mm-hmm. I always go in my head. I always it's say LeBanc, tough, yeah. but I know they say LeBanc. I'm pretty sure like supposed to say LeBanc, but anyway. So Kevin LeBanc, Kevin LeBanc, uh, great guy. Take it to the bank, Kevin LeBanc. 19% on right now. LeBanc has two goals, eight assists, and 14 games this season for San Jose. He's on pace for career high 193 shots, despite playing just 14.55 a night. You want to talk about shot volume and limited usage? That's it right there. Uh, his underlying numbers remind me a lot of Timo Meyer last season. Uh, but he what? has the assist total is necessary to be effective and fantasy relevant, even in a limited role. He had 29 assists last season, already eight this year. All this production coming with little power play, with a little or sorry, little power play time and an average on ice shooting percentage of eight uh, percent. You know, very uh, uh, how, how to, very consistent or yeah. you, know, you can definitely hold that for the course of the season. Uh, very sustainable. There it is. So his possession numbers are fantastic. 61.4 Corsi 4 on the season. 4.9% relative Corsi. He's on pace for 59 points. I think he can maintain that. There's nothing in his underlying numbers that says he can't, uh, even in his limited role right now. If he sees more playing time down the road, he could easily have a massive breakout this year. We've already seen him spend some time on the top line with Kane and Pavelski this season. That's the ideal spot, uh, like we said with Meyer, but he seems to have a top six spot locked up regardless. Skating with Couture and Hurdle or Meyer, which it is right now, uh, on the second line isn't a bad consolation by any means. He's available in over 80% of leagues and carries dual wing eligibility. Uh, so it's a guy, if we're comparing him and Svechnikov, uh, LeBanc in a limited role as well right now, but still, uh, like I said, on pace for 59 points in this role. Nothing to show that he can't put that up despite playing less than 50 minutes a night. So he's... Uh, Productive enough to be fantasy relevant, even while playing in a limited role. But if he does get that uptick in usage, could be an absolute stud. So I like Kevin LeBanc a lot. 90% owned in leagues right now. The good thing about LeBanc is that whenever something happens, whenever they shuffle their lines, he always seems to be the one. 
that yeah, gets that bumped gets up. bumped. Yeah, he might go to the third line for a minute, but then Evander Kane will drop down there or whatever hurdle, whatever. But LeBanc's always yeah. the one. Well, the and it wasn't like, always the case last yeah. year. Sometimes it was Donskoy. Sometimes it was yeah. Melker Carlson. But Donskoy always. LeBanc. They love Sumella and Donskoy, so I, yeah. I, I think like Sumella. Well, except for Sumella just got scratched. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, <laughs> I should say they love Don. They love Donskoy in that spot. They love them together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Donskoy has like. Barely even moved from that third line at all this year, which is the big difference. Because well, I think yeah. LeBanc is one of the few guys they have that can play the right side consistently. Yep. They have a ton of left wingers in San Jose. Yep. Uh, so especially when Pavelski's in the middle, like he becomes top two right winger hands down on that team, right? Uh, and so he bounces back and forth, but again, predominantly plays the right side. Uh, yeah, stays in that top six no matter what. It well, really yeah. seems like. So, he, he, like I said, ideally Kane and Pavelski, but uh, Hurdle and Couture or Meyer and Couture. They've actually bad, been the better line. Not a bad follow. They've been the better line yeah. this year so far. Well, that's because Kane. And Thornton's been skating. Yeah. Whenever Kane and Padel skate together, they're the best. Uh, and LeBanc, also a guy who had 107 points in his second year in the yeah. OHL and 127 points in his third year with in the, the OHL. Colts? Sixth round pick, guys. Yeah. 39 goals, 88 assists. Was he with the Colts season. from what yeah, I remember? Very close. Woo! Six, round, six round pick. Boy, my God, yeah. no, that's stupid. How does that... Late bloomer. Well, Small. because I think his, uh, yeah, his draft year, he had 35 points in 65 yeah. games. So. And then, oh, really? Yeah. Oh, he said his second year. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. His first year yeah. was uh, so played one year junior B. So he was a late OHL, which doesn't U- matter for anything. Yeah. He played for the U.S. No. national development team oh, before right. that. Anyway, yeah. Oh, yeah. he decommitted from somewhere. Yes, probably. He went from the U.S. U.S. national development team. Yeah. Um, played two years there. Went to the Barry Colts. Had 35 points in 65 games. Got drafted next year. Put up 107 points on seven, with 76. Six I don't know. Like he, I feel like you know he could predict better than that. Well, I mean, he, he, he is 5'11", 185, so I mean, he's not a big guy. Either. Great pick, though. Um, I'm going to have a great time with this one. Uh, if I've said it once, I've said it a thousand times, Patrick Hornquist is not a serviceable fantasy asset. Yeah. Um, so far this season, this message. he has just four goals and two assists in 12 games played and has been playing just 15.06 per game on the Penguins' third line. Uh, that line could be a little bit better when Derek Broussard is healthy, but... He also has seen some time with Crosby this year, but probably won't now that Simon's playing well there. Anyways, um, said it before, Hornquist uh, can't, can't be um, a 30-goal guy when he's playing with Crosby and Malkin, then he just honestly never will be. Um, early on, he's, he's just on, he's on pace for just 23 goals, and that's if this off-injured asshole plays 82 games. <laughs> Drop this guy. That's all I got to say. Just calls him an asshole. Drop him. No, not the more we could add on to that. Yeah, but we talked about it for the year. Like, his numbers are really consistent, and they're just consistently, like, not, mediocre. Yeah. yeah, they're just not I think he's an above-average goal scorer. Uh, but, again, we're talking there. about 20 and 25 minutes. goals, and the assist totals just aren't there to warrant the roster spot. He's Brock Nelson, but worse. Uh, I'm hoping eventually he gets to the point where he is on the waiver wire in most leagues, and in that case, he'd be an excellent spot start on most nights because he does play on that Penguins power play unit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he is going to score a goal at least one every four games. Anyways, he's just, but yeah, he's just not, he shouldn't be uh, 68% owner. No, not anywhere close. Um, but the guy I'm picking up for him is Alex Tuck, another guy I've referenced a few weeks ago and talk about him often. 21% owned right now. Uh, he just got back from injury. He's been great in six games since returning. Uh, he's picked up five points, three goals, two assists in those six games uh, on the Golden Knights' second line. And that's a line that should uh, really start clicking once Max Pacioretty gets back, which could be as soon as Tuesday, uh, and tomorrow. Yeah, and we're thinking... Uh, Talked about this 100 well, times. Well, obviously Tuck's going to be there, but the main question comes when Stastny Howell's and Pacioretty come back. You would think just because of his ability to play the middle, uh, but yeah. 
Stassi's not back for like two that's months the, anyway. That's right? the right? 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 Well, it was two months. Last year's month. season preview, you said about Alex Tuck, you said this is someone to watch. He's a big guy, went first round from yeah. Minnesota. And he's unreal. You've been riding him, so i got to just support yeah. that. I just got to throw that. He's a boy. I've been supporting this message for yeah. a long time. Um, in 90 career games, the 22-year-old has an impressive 52.7 Corsi 4, uh, positive 1.7 relative uh, Corsi um, so this is a player who's going to have a lot of success this season and throughout his career. I think he's a phenomenal <laughs> keeper league uh, asset. I don't know why you guys are laughing. What are you guys laughing at? Now? You're just like sitting back like, nah, well, Alex Tuck ain't bad. Nah. <laughs> he's great. I, I love Alex Tuck. Swayed. I'm just going to keep doing it. I'm going to keep no, promoting Alex Tuck. And the main thing too is right. The- That's the most Brock segment ever, shitting on Patrick Hornquist and promoting Alex Tuck. The other, uh, the other thing is he played on that top unit pretty much all last season, the top power play unit, uh, with the big Vegas one, uh, March, so Carlson Smith. Uh, the thing that's going to be interesting to see, uh, Pacioretty had been put into that role mm-hmm. uh, before his injury. Now with him, or with him and Tuck both healthy, it'll kind of be interesting to see who gets that spot. Pacioretty didn't start in that spot, which makes me think they're not glued to the idea of him being there, uh, kind of giving credence to Tuck reclaiming his old spot. But again, that's going to be a big source of his production. Uh, but either way, I, I love Alex Tuck. He's been very productive in limited minutes. Uh, so I think as long as he gets the usage he deserves... Certainly going to be fantasy relevant all year long. And he's a boy. Yeah. Uh, actually, real quick, before we move on from the forwards, uh, or wingers anyway, Jakob Vron is the other one I wanted to mention real quick. I, I don't think he's worth a pickup right now, but he is worth monitoring. He scored a goal late. Yeah. He bounces all around that lineup, but did spend a few games on the top line with Ovi because Kuznetsov was very productive. Back on the fourth line tonight. Scored a goal with the fourth line. Uh, but he's worth the spot start whenever he's on that top line. Owning just 14% of Yahoo Standard Leagues right now. A guy that's worth keeping an eye on. Yakov Ron. Um, I also want to mention Dominic Simon. I brought his name up briefly uh, earlier. He's playing with Sidney Crosby. Um, typically a good place to <laughs> Never play. Uh, eight points in 12 games so far. He's played really good. I think he's got three goals in three games or something like that. Playing with Crosby. Something. Uh, another guy, he was a fifth-round pick, but he had you know really nice numbers in the AHL, uh, some decent numbers overseas, too. Seems like a kid that could stick with Crosby, um, especially um, considering like the whole Broussard thing wasn't really working out that great. They just are constantly trying to find somebody to play there. Right now, he's the guy. Uh, I think you pick him up, and you play him while he's on Crosby's line, and as soon as he gets the mode, you drop him. Yeah. Don't hate it. I'd rather have him on my lineup in my lineup than Patrick Hornquist. My my second guy that I'm going <laughs> to drop here is someone... Um, I'm sorry if Patrick Hornquist's family listens to him. Yeah. Finland, I think. Well, we do get a lot of finished Huge listening. fans of the show. That'd be terrible if we just lost them. For sure one that reached out to me via DM on Twitter. That's how you... Said he's listened for five years. First time I ever heard from him, so... Nice. Oh, well... Thanks Welcome for coming from play. across the world. Yeah, uh, it's probably like you. He's Swedish, anyways. Woohoo! <laughs> we're, we're, we're in the clear. We're good. Oh, sorry, we. Oh man, now this guy's gonna. Now we really gotta apologize. Yeah, for our sorry for this. Sorry, associated. Meant to say Scandinavian. Patrick that way, Scandinavian's like the Any cop out, right? You know, you're not gonna get it wrong. Yeah, yeah. No, you're good. No, yeah, Scandinavian. Sorry, guys. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for me, for this next one, I kind of grabbed someone that in deeper leagues you might be holding on to, but at 35 percent owned, James. The not-so-real-deal, Neil, is <laughs> not my guy. Not as real. Not as real <laughs> anymore. Is my guy to drop. We talked about it early on this year, um, and I actually think I was, I was decently high on this guy. Um, a lot of his value stuck with him playing with um, D-Star of the Week, Sean Monaghan, and yeah. uh, Johnny Goudreau. And that's just something that he hasn't done. You've seen what it's done for Lindholm. Yeah, right? that's what I was going to say. Lindholm has taken that spot, and he has mm-hmm. just been Why is he in that spot, though, boys? Because you said... Takes face-offs. He should be there. No. Uh, 
But yeah, Lindholm's been a stud on the power play, a stud with them, um, a stud on five on five, and it just looks like Neil is not going to crack that line. So I've been pushed back. Talked about his three weeks in that lineup. Yeah, and it's still he's still thirty five percent owned with three goals and one assist, zero power play points. Um, he's far from value in any leagues. The real if thing for me them. that's been most surprising, and say it's about <laughs> the face, I'll say it's whatever you want. That Lindholm has had such uh, a hard hold on that top power play spot. Yeah. Uh, and who's the other one right now? Like, who's the fourth forward on that unit? Um, Kachuk. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it was Kachuk last year, so right? that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the fact that Neil really hasn't even gotten a look at that top unit is what's been the most surprising. From a management standpoint, I don't get why you spend the money to bring in James yeah, Neal that was just a bad and play him on your third line. Yeah. Uh, James Neal really hasn't had that great of seasons either. Yeah. Well, he's just consistent. You know, I think like, he's like one of the most reliable twenty-five yeah. goal scorers in the league. If you give twenty-five him, and forty, though, yeah. which is like, well, yeah. 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 If you give him the usage, though, right? Um, if you bury him in your lineup, he's not going to be able. To yeah, play and players. they're burying him right now, which yeah. uh, means he's not really worth an ad. Um, no, for sure. So he's got a forty-four point nine Corsi four when he plays yeah. Goudreau this year. <laughs> well, that Goudreau Monahan's numbers have just been terrible at five v five this year. I think they're really it's only thirty minutes. You know. Th- the most surprising uh, thing of anything to come out of that trade is Michael Furland is actually a good hockey player, so it seems. Yeah. Seriously. Carolina won awesome at even strength. Calgary won not so much. But they have been correcting those uh, yeah, it's numbers. Yeah, working play. back towards the yeah. norm. And it's still always high scoring chances for them. They've just been surrendering a ton. Yeah, you know, Michael Furland. Like the most in the league. Michael Furland stud. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah. My, my replacement for James, uh, the not so real. Um, someone we mentioned earlier, <laughs> and I'm just going to go over him super quick Brock Nelson, 14% owned. Uh, I mentioned earlier, at 14%, he should be somewhere around 30. Seven goals to assist. But second, I want to mention someone that might pump up another Brock in the room. Um, Gus Nyquist, currently 9% owned in all these. I honestly asked me last week what I said. I don't want one Red Wing in any fantasy team. I'm not even just trying to shit on them. I just really don't like the Red Wings this year. Um, other than Dylan Larkin, he's looked great. Um, Mantha, they actually play him 17 yeah. minutes a night. They play him like 17 minutes a night the last three games. He's oh. done shit. Nyquist, the only reason I say take a look at him at 9% owned. He, if you're in a very deep league, he is out there. He's going to destroy your plus minus um, in the negative. Minus 5 in 14 games. But he gets a ton of assists, um, and he's been getting a ton of ice time lately. He touched 1930 last game in Edmonton. Uh, I love a forward who's in the 19 range and above. Um, and it doesn't hurt if you're in a deep league. Like I mentioned, um, I'd rather have him than Neil personally right now. And we've seen flashes from Gus Nyquist. Oh, I hate the coaching in Detroit. Brock hates the coaching <laughs> in Detroit. <laughs> and this is going to destroy his value. But he does make it a, a decent look at. Um, and then finally, I just want to mention Jason Palmerville. But he's a little bit too much owned. But that guy's on a tear right now. At first, that line, line, ever line since they put flow. them together, they got, yeah. they're just on fire. So he all his value sticks to him playing with Eichel. On that I didn't say line. fire weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But no, somebody was. It was so funny. Uh, Mike Harrington is the worst reporter in the wow. NHL. You gotta stop shitting on Mike Harrington. I don't like him at all. Uh, but anyways, yesterday he called them just the number one line of the league. Like after one good week, uh, he's just like the number one line of the league. I'm like, oh man, like I just I can't even. You sound like me after the abs. Yeah, but I was definitely like, the number one line in the league when all you watch is Sabres games. Yeah, yeah. like okay, like yeah, they've been great for like a week. Like every, they're not even <laughs> the number one line in like every game they play. In. Yeah. <laughs> they literally got shut up by the like the. Yeah. Rangers last night, like the, they scored one goal, but they didn't score it. Yeah, they got. Yeah. Imagine, imagine Boston won, getting no points against imagine the Rangers. Colorado that would never happen. Won. Boston won his point every night. It's like he didn't listen to like a top ten save performance so. from the King. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but then, just to add on Gus Nyquist a little bit here. Uh, on pace for 182 shots, which is like whatever so far. Uh, but he just got that over 200 last year. 
Uh, shooting just 3.2% right now. is limited to one goal. Uh, but he does have 11 assists in 14 games, and he's been playing with uh, Larkin quite a bit. Larkin has looked unreal. Larkin like looks we always great. say, Give him that. Uh, somebody has got to score. Um, so I think that Nyquist is a decent bottom of the roster guy if you want him to be. I yeah. think Mantha would be if he got the If usage. you don't care about your plus minus, too. I was going to talk about Mantha a little bit here, but he just hasn't looked it's right tough. Yeah, it's a tough play. Like, I've watched him a lot, and he just doesn't look Mantha-like yet. But he will be. I think if they play him and Larkin together for 82 games, you'd be surprised what he would do. Yeah. Their numbers uh, together actually aren't like that amazing. But well, like, when you play Darren Helm as the third exactly. guy, it's really That's good. what I was just going <laughs> to say. They need to just put Remember those how good they were when, yeah, when those they three were together? They put those three together and The first uh, like five or six games or so, they had some great numbers at 5v5. And yep. the Blash Hole was like, oh, pfft, throwing in a blender. Like, what's 5v5 numbers for? <laughs> Anyways, um... D, we drop in here uh, as we're running a little tight on time. All right, another pick uh, fueled predominantly by the player's usage, Mikhail Sergachev. Uh, 73% owned still in Yahoo Leagues. Four Dali. points in 14 games. Uh, the final straw for me has been the lack of playing time Sergachev's seen, even in the absence of Victor Hedman. Yeah. Uh, saw barely any time at the top power play unit before the team turned the duties over to Ryan McDonough. Uh, Sergachev continues to be limited to the bottom pair of second power play unit minutes. He has, like I said, just four points in 14 games while playing 17 minutes and 11 seconds at night. Obviously, he doesn't rack up a ton of shots in that limited time. He needed to shoot 6.4%, which is actually pretty high for a defenseman to score nine goals last season. Uh, it's 40 points last year. Had him on the fringe of fantasy relevance in redraft leagues, and there's no breakthrough coming so long as he's playing as little as he is. Again, the fact that his role has remained the same despite Hedman going out has killed any confidence I have in him for this season. Uh, I think there's just so many more productive, reliable waiver targets out there as far as D-men are concerned. I'd hold on to him in keeper leagues. Uh, and again, maybe it's a bit like Darlene where you look at trading him before you're just straight up dropping him because yeah. the name carries a little bit more weight. Uh, people get excited about this guy. But uh, I, I think like Svechnikov, he'd be a fantasy stud if you ever got the usage he deserves, but that doesn't seem to be happening anytime soon. Didn't even uh, mention he's a Windsor alert. Yeah, that's a brief mention for yeah. sure. But How good is he going to be though? Like, he's going to be great in two years when he's starts protecting. Season, when yeah. they trade him on, yeah. I don't, I don't really get it. Though. Clearly, they're pro- they just seem well. They like have, uh, they have like Strawman, Cohen, and Girardi all coming off the books. Uh, either this, the two of them are for sure this season. Anyway, the next three of them are all going to be off the books in the next few years. So you'd imagine his minutes go up then. Uh, but we thought he would at least get some kind of short-term yeah, look. We thought he'd break out. A here. top pair, a top four rule, and again with the top power play time. He got like half a game on that top unit before they threw McDonough out there. It's uh, it's concerning, I would say, in the fact that they just haven't really given him the vote of confidence that maybe his skill set deserves. I really, uh, I, I really expected it to be McDonough, personally, just because of the way they do it. Uh, usually, like, this seems to be the way they've handled Sergeyev. Um and McDonough is obviously a guy that has a lot more experience in that spot, but it is it is concerning uh, for sure. And he's still he has just, he just has only like, like twenty years. Just old. Yeah, you know, but like, so, were, I think just when you look at the ice time, Sergachev's been used as a power play specialist for sure. But it's just been on the second unit. So. Uh, Strawman, Coburn, Girardi, all off the books next year. Yeah, Woo. correct. Uh, somebody I'm sure that Calgary wishes were off the books right now is Mike Smith, seventy percent owned right now. Smith has been an absolute disaster uh, so far this season. Terrible. Despite a winning record, Smith has a 371 goals against average, an 871 save percentage, and a minus 987 goals saved above average through 10 starts. Uh, you can't ignore the fact that he is 36 years old, uh, and the Flames have already showcased that they are not afraid to go to David Riddick uh, on any given night, even in back-to-back games. 
Um, there has been talk that maybe Bill Peters' system is not friendly to goaltenders, and the team save percentages of 907, 906, 904, and 897 lend some credence to that. Uh, however, you can make an argument that he's never <laughs> had good goaltenders. That's the headline. So let me finish it, man. Hey, bro. How would you let me recommend my replacements before you go off and break into your cut bait? Okay, well, we can get back to it. Uh, I think that Smith has the ability to be better, uh, but it's not like his first year in Calgary was yeah. very special anyway. He only started 55 games last year. He's probably not going to even do that this year because Riddick has just been much better. He was a little bit better than we expected last year, but the main source of his fantasy relevance came with the fact that the Flames are a good team. Kind of a struggling team right now, and I think yeah, yeah. Smith's weaknesses, the goalies at this point in his career, really get exposed mm-hmm. uh, when the team's not winning. It's terrible. Yeah. So I don't like Mike Smith. I'll talk about a couple of replacements in a minute. You want to go? We got to go. No, we'll go back to D's uh, replacements that don't wear goalie pads. Okay. So I got a few on the blue line here for you guys, because uh, like I said, Mikhail Sergachev obviously been pretty disappointed at this point. There's a few guys here that I would for sure rather have on my team than him, like Oscar uh, Platt. Yes. So yep. Platt for sure would fall into that category. Uh, not going to talk about him again. We're going to no. talk about Cam Fowler, said. 48% owned. Uh, despite the emergence of Josh Manson, Brandon Montour, and Hannah Lindholm over the last few seasons, Fowler continues to be the most heavily utilized Ducks defenseman offensively. He's playing just under 25 minutes a night right now and is firmly rooted on Anaheim's top power play unit. He's already piled up three goals, six assists, and 32 shots in 15 games this season. His on-ice and personal stream percentages are a little bit high, uh, but he should still settle in around a 45-point pace, which would be a career high for him if he can stay healthy. His usage makes him a much safer bet to bring you a half a point per game than Sergachev, and he's available in 48% of Yahoo standard leagues right now. Or sorry, 52%, oh, yeah, owned in 48%. How is he so low on this crazy? I never understand it. I don't know. I think it's because, I, you know, like I said, it's like Lindholm, yes. Montour, Manson. It's kind of, they kind of split the production there a little bit, especially Lindholm as much as he plays. But yeah, Fowler, clearly the guy they view as their top offensive defenseman. Uh, Shea Theodore. Heidi last night. Too. Yeah, Shea Theodore, another guy, Brock, you just talked about him last week, I think, two weeks mm-hmm. ago, last yep. week. 36% owned. Uh, after a relatively slow start, the points are finally starting to come for Theodore. As he predicted, Brock, he has an assist in three straight games. Hey, hey, hey. His ice time's up nearly a minute and a half from last <laughs> season. Shot totals are up as a result. He's got hundred. He's got 35 shots through 14 games. We put him on pace for 205 <laughs> shots. My boy. Flying past the 144 he registered last season. He applies career four and a half shooting percentage to those 205 shots and net him nine goals. He's picked up four assists, too, despite a terrible 3.4 on-ice shooting percentage. Expect that to climb sooner than later. What's it up to now? Is on-ice shooting percentage? 3.4. Oh, it's up. Oh, it's he, up. It's he's climbing. Up. Well, three assists in three games. <laughs> he was at like 1.2 when I talked about him. He seems to have finally locked up that spot on the Golden Knights' top power play unit as well. Another guy's production is much more reliable than Sergeyev, available or owned in just 36% of leagues. Uh, the other guy, real quick, because they got three for you, Miro Heiskanen. Uh, we're talking about young defensemen. One of them is actually getting a lot of run right now. Uh, another guy worth mo- or worth monitoring moving forward. Unlike Sergeyev, like I said, given a full workload as a young blue liner, up to 21.53 at night. Played 27 minutes in their last game against the Capitals. He's playing with John Klingberg on the Stars' top power play unit right now. They're going with the 3-2 look. Uh, makes him an excellent addition in the interim at the very least. Man, it's it's like we talk about these guys all, all the time, and then nobody picks them up. I know. We talked about Heisken like a week ago, too. I know. He'll likely... So good. His yeah. usage is insane. Yeah. And it's awesome that he's on top power play unit right now. He'll likely give up that spot to Radulov once he returns to the lineup. Uh, but you never know. He could They could roll the 3-2. Spetzel falls down to the second unit. 
Uh, but 27 shots in 13 games as a 19-year-old defenseman. Very impressive. Available or owned. I, I wrote this the wrong way the whole way through. Owned in just 27% of leagues right now. Miro Heiskanen. Uh, if you want a young demon with lots of potential, Miro Heiskanen is the guy. Not Mikhail Sergeyev. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm going to talk about a couple of goalies now. Uh, Anti Ranta, don't need to talk too much about him, but somehow still only 72% owned. Obviously, Ranta is owned in most leagues, but there's still 18% that he's not. Early on, he's a 210 goals against average and 929 save percentage, which is pretty much what he's done his entire career. And they are super impressive numbers. I have no idea what's happened over there. Um, so there's no reason to doubt that this won't continue. If he's not available in your league, I would be targeting him in trades before people realize just how good he is and how good the Coyotes could be this year. Um, Miko Koskinen, uh, 10% owned Koskinen as emerging as a potential pickup after putting up uh, disastrous preseason numbers and putting that behind him. Uh, the 32-year-old is an absolute giant at six foot seven. Monster. Uh, for some reason, uses like an HB2 pencil as his goal stick. Like it is just so small, it's bizarre. Uh, anyways, he was he was uh, outstanding during his time in the KHL. Uh, most recently, posting a 157 goals against average and a 937 save percentage en route to a 22-4-1 record. Um, early in his NHL career, he's 3-0 with a 2.02 goals against average and 935 save percentage. But he's an interesting pickup because he could steal Cam Talbot's job. Yeah. Talbot's been yeah. playing like dog shit. He got absolutely fucking lit tonight by the Capitals. So this nice. looks like Koskinen's show right now moving forward. I picked up Koskinen two days ago in my yeah. league, actually. Yeah. Was he was like 9% owner. He's 10 right now. As a Talbot owner in the exact same league. Yeah. Fuck. And I'm on train with, like, Edmonton could easily actually be good. Like, if they have some of their secondary players step up and take step forwards in their game, obviously they have the primary pieces to, Something like, between the pipes. You tell me this can't be a fringe playoff a team right now? Like, 100%. this is legitimately a mediocre team, which is, you know, if, if, they just if have, you have a decent uh, fantasy netminder as your number one goalie, you automatically, like, that's Yeah, it's play. just, like, it's so weird because, like, they need, like, these, like, the Shaysons, the Ratties. The keg, the jewelers, like they need yeah. those guys to be good. <laughs> the keg, jewelers. It's more the blue line and the gold thing as much as anything else, right? The golds are going to be there either. But way. like they need like those guys to step up, and like they haven't unless they play with McDavid. Like when they don't play with McDavid, like yeah. they have no third yeah. line. But uh, recently, I mean, like playing with Ryan Strom isn't doing much for anybody. But it has been the last few games. Yeah, actually, it's de- finally working. Yeah. They actually have decent numbers of five v five. Hasn't really turned into positive results offensively. Uh, but yeah, I like as much as you want to point. point I think a guy like Ryan Strom or Milan Lucic, not the best third line in the league, but certainly not the worst. Like your third line could be in worse spots, I think. Uh, and it seems like the results are finally starting to turn for you, which is exciting because I would love to watch Connor McDavid play some play. And it could help Koskinen. Yeah. Uh, it Look could great. help Koskinen be pretty fancy relevant. But I hope you guys enjoyed um, episode 11, season four of the Daily Faceoff podcast. I'm Brock Segan, Dylan D. Birds, you, Michael Busy Bondi. We'll see you guys back here next week. At this point, Boyle's got to have like five, right? No, just three. Peace. Broken down, so I walk the line. I drop my wounds and I die. I'm out of money, I'm out of time. I fly low like a broken arrow. The time slows and my vision arrows. I'm out of money, I'm out of time. Sing your hearts out, sing it loud. Make me happy, make me proud. Black holes, solid ground.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.